0: So hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 169 of Level Up, to your 60 minutes of live Q&A where your questions drive the show. Ella is over in the chat, so please say hi and let us know the name of the city and where you're watching from. It'd be really nice to see. Get your questions in early by posting them up in the chat or following the QR code that you see on screen using your mobile phone. Now, Today, of course, we will also post a link up in the chat for you to vote up the questions that you'd most like answered, and you can also add your own. If your question is selected, we're going to put your name in the credits, so stay to the end of the show to see that. Now, Woody Williams once said, no matter how good the team or how efficient the methodology, if we're not solving the right problem, the project will fail. So a perfect project team needs an amazing project manager and a group of very skilled individuals who are all committed towards a single goal. So what does a perfect project team look like? How do, you, how do you go about ensuring that you've got the correct skills on your team? Well, to answer that question, and of course all of yours, we've got a wonderful panel joining today. So let's jump right in and meet them. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. So,
1: good afternoon. Good
0: afternoon. Hi, I'm going to first start off with Kay. So Kay is the CEO of City Limited, and she specializes in change enablement and consultancy, building capability within organizations to support the delivery of strategic change through effective portfolio, program, and project management. Welcome, Kay.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity again. I think I stepped in at the last minute because I think somebody else couldn't make it. So always welcome to join in when I can. Um and a really interesting subject area today for us to kind of um, digest and talk about.
0: I agree. Kay, thanks for stepping in and it's always a pleasure having you on the panel. So welcome. So Etienne, I'm just going to introduce Etienne briefly. Etienne's the, currently the head of education at Pink Elephant South Africa. And he's got a specialist focus on IT governance, you know, and IT and emerging technologies as well. And he loves to assist organizations with aligning their business and IT strategies so that they can enable flexible change and respond rapidly to evolving business environments. So welcome, Etienne.
2: Yeah, very good to be here. And uh, as Kay said, exciting topic. It's a perfect team. I'm not sure that's possible, but we can get close.
0: (laughs) Exactly. True. Good point. All right. Orlando Heimering. Orlando is a trainer and change guide at Le and he recently started as a program manager at a regional hospital in the Netherlands. And Orlando is really passionate about helping teams and organizations with change to create more effective results and, of course, have fun. So welcome, Orlando.
3: Yes, uh, thank you very much, uh, Nigel. It's an honor to be here. Um, I'd love the... the the, the word from Michael Jordan, who says, uh, talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships. I'm really a believer in that. So,
0: Thanks, Orlando. That's a, that makes a, that's a really good quote, that as well. <laughs> and lastly on our panel today is Rajiv, Rajiv Khanna. So Rajiv's relationship spans, I think, 25 or more years of, over this area. And you know he's been working with APMG for many of those years as well. And he has experience managing a diverse range of projects, programs, and in change management, both in public and private sectors in the UK and abroad. So welcome, Raj.
4: Thank you. And great to be part of this panel Uh, again. uh, Great to be looking at teamwork because not just in project and programs, teamwork is important in everything we do. So it'd be great to talk about it this afternoon.
0: Fantastic. And of course, last but not least, the show wouldn't work at all without her. Is Shanice. Shanice Mitchell-Cox is joining us today from Wales, I believe, and uh, is acting as our question master. So welcome, Shanice.
5: Thanks, Nigel. It's always so great to be on these shows, especially as a question master. So I'm looking forward to asking all the questions today.
0: Fantastic, Shanice. Thank you. It's always good to have you on the show as well, in whichever role you choose, uh, host, question master, (laughs) social, you know, it's a jack of all trades,
2: Shanice.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right.
0: So let's, let's dive right in and see what questions we have that are coming up about how to build the perfect project team, Shanice. Our first question, please.
5: Of course. Thanks, Nigel. So we do have a question from Dennis. What are some of the key characteristics in terms of soft skills that we need to look for while recruiting to build a perfect project team? Hmm, This is an
0: interesting question. Which soft skills are critical in building your perfect project team? You know, I I think there are going to be a lot of answers to this. So I think let's start off with Kay, then we'll hear from Raj and then Orlando.
1: Well, firstly, uh, I think somebody mentioned just now, is there such a thing as a perfect team? Um, Teams are always evolving. Teams always need a little bit more communication probably than we give it. Um, and when you're looking at key characteristics in terms of soft skills, communication does come highly um, on, on that. Understanding um, from a um, team roles perspective where people are sitting and what roles they assume, not having that confusion So really getting to know ourselves as team members, what our roles responsibilities are and um, really that great communication that is required in order to ensure that everybody understands um, the RACI and we all know about these things, but it's about making it happen. So for me, there's things like understanding and maybe using some psychometrics around where people's strengths are and making sure that you use and understand that you, you're getting the opportunity, especially in this day and age where we're working virtually, people get to understand each other, their preferences on how they communicate um, and what we communicate. So the RACI, again, is really important. Everybody understanding their roles, responsibilities, good communication, how people like to be communicated with, because um, we have so much technology, um, all of these factors can, can then identify where the strengths and weaknesses are within the team so that we can bridge the gaps that we need to and uh, really predict any risks and issues that might come along through um, a, a team not communicating well.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Kay. You mentioned something interesting a few minutes ago there, which was the use of the psychometric tools. Mm. And uh, I've used these before in the past, but are there any specific tools that you prefer or recommend?
1: It's really funny because they give you sort of similar insights. I mean, insights is one of those where they've got the colors um, and so on. Um, Understanding the strengths, questionnaires, things like that are really important. Um, for me, Bellbin's team roles sometimes is is quite an important uh, one that we all understand who the shaper is, what the implementer looks like, um, you know how people are either complete finishers or you know some people like me, um, like all oh, new shiny, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then get a little bit bored towards the middle and the end of a, of, a, of something, you know, where I'm maybe not great at completing, finishing. Um, so just understanding that about ourselves, um, you know, psychometrics and understanding and reflecting on our own behaviours and our own preferences, I think, are, are more important than any particular psychometric test. Ooh,
0: yeah. Approach. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that it, using them for the intended purpose is probably more critical. And understanding that they are not a test. Yeah. It's no. really just a matter of understanding where you fit into the team role. I agree with you. Belbin is a very good one. Um. The I think the Myers Briggs one has been used before quite a quite a lot it with has. folks as well. So, but yeah, Belbin is a good one. Uh. You know, and you can have multiple roles in your Belbin profile as well. And so, it, if you haven't taken a look at that. Take a look at it. You know, those are fairly good ways to see whether somebody will fit into your team. What you don't want to have is a team full of plants in the Bilbin roles. <laughs> uh, too many plants will definitely not be a good thing. You need some shapers and computer finishes as well. All right, Kay, thank you very much. Raj, what, what are your thoughts?
4: I think, <clears throat> following on from what uh, Kay said, it's important for a member of a team to have the ability to listen and understand because how how are you going to measure that when somebody is listening? And, and therefore, uh, we need to look at some, again, using some psychometric testing and not just hearing somebody, but actually listening to their question and also respecting what they're trying to say. Because nobody's right all the time. And at the same time, nobody's wrong. So the, for me to add those two about communication is also the ability to listen and to respect another person's opinion. And I would suggest those are very important characteristics of a member of a team.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Raj. Being able to listen and really truly hear what somebody else is saying and respecting their opinions is absolutely critical. Quite right. Orlando, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, to to add on that, what uh, Rajiv says. So uh, the, I'm I'm really looking at uh, the the diversity of uh, of people coming into my team or into a team and uh, respecting each other's uh, different perspectives and personalities. And for that, we often use the the DISC uh, um, uh, way of prototyping, personality typing, dominant, influencing, consensus, and, and st- steadiness which depends on the uh, uh, task and human-oriented uh, people and more active and more thoughtful people. Um, and the uh, value of it is to understand in critical situations um, when it gets hard and people are under stress to understand what, uh, how people's reactions are. Uh, because when it's all in flow and people are happy, then it's kind of easy. Uh, to work together but uh, when it's getting hard and and deadlines has to be met to be met then it's very useful to understand how people reactions uh, will be and then some um, uh, uh, positive attitude uh, mutual trust and uh, empathy for each other those are in my opinion uh, important uh, soft skills excellent very very good points there thank you lendo etienne
0: final thoughts on this
2: yeah, many, many very good points made. So there's not an awful lot I can add, but yeah, empathy was one that I was definitely going to raise as something being really critical. Project environments tend to be very stressful and, and can be very stressful. So that was the one, H- have empathy, understand your team. Um You know, we always talk about be a team player, but there's so much involved in that, being able to listen, being able to empathize. Um for me, one of the things that makes a project team work is cross-functionality. And in order to achieve that, you also need to be willing to listen, be willing to learn. And so those, for me, are, are kind of top skills that I would want top to look skills. for in terms of soft skills when putting a project team together. Fantastic. Thank you. And,
0: you know, I think, uh, you know... One of the things that is, in my view, pretty important in today's work environment is a, a generational awareness, right? We have actually mm. about three different generations working in the workplace today, and that can pose some significant problems, right? The older folks, you know, they don't really understand how the way of working of the younger folks, and the younger folks don't understand the older folks and why they want to do things these way, you know, this way and that way. So, you know, empathy for how each Person views their tasks and roles and the way in which they achieve those goals is really, really important as well. So, all right, just so to pop into social. You know, we've got so many people online at the moment. It's really, really great to see everybody online. So welcome everyone and late. Thanks for joining us. Um, from Lagos in Nigeria, great to see you online again. Who else have we got online, Connor? Quite a few perks. Hisham, hi from Saudi. Great to see perks here from Riyadh. That's awesome to see you here. Who else is online? C. Ed, hi, from Perth, Australia. Well, it must be getting awfully late for you in Perth at the moment, but great to see that you're up and still watching the show. But uh, fantastic to see everybody online. Um, If you have any questions for the panel, please don't hesitate. Pop them in the LinkedIn chat, YouTube chat, or directly into Slido. The link is uh, being shown to you. It's in in, uh, Slido, or at least it's in LinkedIn and the YouTube chat. So just click on the link or scan the QR code that you see popping popping up on screen to enter your questions directly. And I can see that a number of you have already entered questions. So with that, Shanice, let's jump right in and take our next question.
5: I actually have a live question uh, from Syed Hussain. Please share your comments on the importance of including an individual with a background in change management in a project team right from the beginning.
0: Wow, yeah. This is such a critical question. Uh, I think we're going to start off with Raj and then go to Etienne and Orlando with us.
4: Very very important, very uh, essential question. We are getting better at managing projects um, and programs. And one of the things that uh, my recommendation has been uh, for the last number of years is when the project team is actually formed at the very beginning, we of course will have the sponsor the business change managers the project manager and somehow somewhere during half the way through the journey we think ah about the people so we start to think about change and for me it is absolutely essential that in that team right at the very beginning we we consider the delivery side but most crucially the human side the psychology of change and therefore Right at the very beginning, there should be somebody from change management. And the example I just want to share with you is if you're purchasing something to eat, when you look at the shelf, you're not always, you would look at the cost, but your first thought is would my family members like it? So when you buy something off the shelf, you have to consider the family members and the psychology of how you get your six year old to eat what you're buying. So why do we not bring the same philosophy? when we are delivering our project and its products, to start thinking about change. So absolutely essential. We need to have a change manager from the very beginning.
0: Thanks, Raj. I completely agree with you there. Etienne, what are your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I love that
2: example because I always talk about, in my project management training courses, I always say, well, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And so often our project delivers what was asked for, but it doesn't get used. And so bringing a change manager in is critical. The part of this question I really like is why is it important right from the beginning? And for me, it's important that change management starts right at the beginning because then the people that are going to use the project solution, the people affected by the project can feel part of the project from the beginning and feel that this change is something that is happening with them rather than something happening to them.
0: Agreed. Totally, totally agree with you
3: there. Um, Orlando, your thoughts? Yeah, I would split the, the, the question between in change management because is, is uh, the, the intention of the change management capacities and competencies, is it aimed for um, the project and the implementation of the project and the impacted people um, um, uh, of the project? Is that the question behind it? And then I would say yes, it's very important because you want to use a certain um, uh, uh, produce deliverable. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any benefits for the organization or the or the environment, uh, society. And on the other hand, if it's for um, change management, if it's meant for um, uh, to have an impact in the team building and in the team dynamics, then I wouldn't uh, call it change management. But someone with uh, a focus and competition and understanding of team dynamics and team building, and then, uh, and, uh, for example, using the Tuckman uh, team development uh, um, team development um, uh, model to help you as a team throughout the work and the different stages as a team. And in that sense, uh, Kay uh, just uh, mentioned it. It's an ongoing process. It is. What you are—it's uh, a very important step to start with, and you have to maintain it um, uh, and um, uh, prioritize. And for example, uh, plan retrospectives, as it is being called uh, nowadays, very often. Uh, as an example, uh, we were being asked by uh, two companies that were working together in a team to create an uh, offer for a request for a proposal and uh under stress these two different uh these uh people they under stress they got well it got very difficult so now they asked well help us in when we're going to do a new offer again and a new challenge uh how we could start and um how we could uh, start and keep going so one of the uh what i've learned from a psychologist who um who um, supported a Volvo Ocean Race team. Um, she, uh, she was a coach and debriefing uh, debriefing um, uh, one of the teams. And she said a successful team is a team that after the project is done, it still wants to work together for a new challenge. And that is, in my opinion, really critical for, for um, enduring teamwork.
0: Makes sense, Olinda. Thank you. Okay, your final thoughts on this.
1: Um, I think it's absolutely critical that um, change and the benefits are understood from the off. So, in terms of getting anything done, it is actually as right as the panel have said already. You know that um, the benefits position needs to be understood from the very beginning, um, and that can only happen through a really good kind of understanding from the change. Team, whoever that is, um, and the sponsor, that um, the business case is going to cover and reach those benefits. Um, without that understanding and that ambiguity in place, um, things start to go wrong very, very quickly. So it's really quite critical that there is a full understanding of what the mission is, what they're trying to achieve, and absolutely critical that there is a good Plan and a good business case at the in the forefront um that everybody has aligned to in order for those projects then to come into fruition and for the sponsor to realize the benefits um without that um there is no project i mean what is the point so so it's really quite important one of the things um that um I think was already said, and I think I'll just echo it i guess is that um You know if you don't align the early adopters and the people early then you're not going to get a successful transition and therefore you're not going to realize those benefits Um, many projects do go wrong for those reasons and i'll just reiterate that the benefits position the sponsor and change is very much part and parcel of the beginning of 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 anything that we're going to kind of produce or change and, and get adopters to use at the mm. end. So, I think I've echoed yeah. really what everybody else has said, but I think <laughs> it's absolutely critical.
0: Thanks, Kay. Um, so, I, th- I think I hope that answers your question. I'd just like to just to add in there: it's been statistically proven now that having change management involvement at the start of a project Kay, increases the likelihood of the benefits being realised earlier. And more of those benefits than ever before, right? Now, one of the challenges, if you think about this in your personal life, when you hear about something that might change, and you don't know all the details of those change, and you weren't probably even supposed to hear of that change, it was a rumor, your initial feeling is that it's nerve-wracking. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't make you feel good. Now, that often is the case in the work environment, right? People hear about things, even if the project hasn't yet even been formalized. So right at the beginning stages, it can go wrong already. Resistance to change starts to raise its ugly head straight away before the project is even tabled. And it's just come up as an idea. So get the change management involvement early on if there's likely to be any impact to the way people are working, you know, the, the staff changes themselves, changing of roles, changing of tasks within a role, processes. It's amazing this minute detail that can actually put people at ill ease. So ensure that that change management function is part of it. And, you know, I've often wondered, is there really a difference between a change manager and a project manager at the end of the day? you know, Successful project managers are usually change managers and vice versa. So, All right. Thanks, everybody. Shanice, um, may we have our next question, please?
5: Of course. Thanks, Nigel. So you've got a live question from Moses. What are the consequences or effects that may arise when individuals responsible for managing a project portfolio in a public institution lack any project management skills?
0: Well, okay. <laughs> so I can tell that's you, a <laughs> that, Yeah, I'll let Raj onto this straight away. But I, I have some strong feelings about how that's going to go. All right, Raj, and then Etienne.
4: Really, uh, it, it for me, project management should be seen as a profession. Uh, so, would you go and see a dentist who does not have any dentistry skills? Would you go and see a lawyer who has no lawyer skills? You know, so, why do we believe today that it's okay to find anybody from anywhere and say, you know what, here's a project, you go and manage it? And, and for me, the project managers should have, whether the program managers, change managers, and just to follow, uh, uh, pick up on your point, Nigel, a project manager and a change manager role, these are roles, can be combined providing I use three C's. They have the competency. They have the capacity, and they have the craving to do it. So you need to have the competency. And I I do believe very strongly that we must, must, must see project management as a professional, profession, and get the right people who have the right qualifications and have the right competency to take on that role. Otherwise, it's going to be an absolutely disaster, darling, as they would say in Strictly Come Dancing. (laughs)
0: Right, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That, I, that is so true. Very, very true. All right, Etienne. Before we speak, here from Kay and Orlando.
2: Yeah, I just have to re- reiterate: it's going to be disastrous if you don't have a project manager with project management skills. um Your question asks specifically about in a public institution. You know, public sector, private sector, different objectives. Uh, private sector, you're looking for profit public sector, it's about service delivery. Neither of those would be achieved. So whichever your environment it is, whatever your goals are, are unlikely to be achieved if the projects fail. Projects will fail if you don't have project managers with the right skills managing them. Simple as that. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Your your thoughts and then Orlando to finish this off briefly.
1: This feels like a very personal experience question to me <laughs> and yeah. somebody is venting. Um, so I've, I I absolutely echo again what, what, what the panelists have said already, you know, um, getting, I sometimes feel a little bit aggrieved that um, anyone feels that project management can just come and go and, and anyone can do it. But there there is a reason why it's a profession. (laughs) There is a reason why, you know, um, there are specific skills that I believe in business everybody should have those project skills because they do give you a framework. They give you a process and they give you communication and and, and milestones and things like that. And it's so important and it's absolutely critical that um, personally, I would probably teacher at school um you know because i think it's they are such brilliant skills that i believe everybody ought to have um in their kind of toolkit because it helps to manage kind of um things well there's a difference between a project skill and um project management qualifications as such and and so on. So I think there is a real deep kind of understanding within projects. It's quite a complex subject. It's not as easy as organising your kid's party. You know, it's not as easy as that in a way, although that can be quite difficult, I can tell you from experience. But um, it's very, very important that, you know, it, it's not trivialised. Um, and And I like... Raj's analogy of, you know, you wouldn't ask a, a non-dentist to take out your teeth, where well, you might do, but it's not great, <laughs> um, you know, or, or you wouldn't go to, you know, somebody and, and pretend to be a, a lawyer and so on. So it is really important that the profession itself and the standards are upheld. So it just feels as if it, this question is coming from an area within the public institution maybe you feel is lacking some of these skilled areas and there's ways in which we can rectify that but we just need to ensure that um that there is a real um respect i guess for the project profession um, yeah. and i very much agree with uh, raj and the team really here around um you know it is a profession it really really is and people should be taking that seriously um, for for I capital agree. projects and all sorts of other projects. So yeah,
0: thanks, thanks, Kay, Orlando and Itian, very briefly.
3: Yes, um, although I agree with the importance of the uh, of the competencies, skills about uh, being a, a professional project manager. I would uh, give another uh, angle here. Um, it's about a person working on a, in a project management portfolio. So let's assume if this, if this person, if this role, if this person is a really good leader and is really an inspiring leader who wants, who is able to communicate from the why and from out to the purpose and leave, uh, uh, leave the how for uh, some kind of a a person who is coordinating things. Um, it is here being called a project manager. Um, it is about, from a portfolio perspective, it's important to focus on the benefits for the organization or for, or for society. So I would rather uh, stress here that this role would have uh, very um, uh, great communication skills and inspirational skills and has charisma. And that would definitely um, be, a, in my opinion, be a more important skill than especially um, uh, having all kind of technical project management skills and it's about uh, it's about leadership here and about focusing and translating the strategy into operations and into a change what helps and give benefits for the organization thanks
0: olenda very very interesting insights absolutely um etienne final thoughts very briefly
2: okay two things very quickly the one is I think it's also important that we recognize that project management skills are not the same as project management qualifications. You can have the skills without the qualifications. Um, You can also have the qualification without the skills. But um, I also wanted to jump in on Kay's point, which I really like about teaching project management at school level. Because isn't school and school group projects where we learn how to run projects badly? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, it's our school projects that are, that is where we learn all our bad habits for project management. So, yeah, start there.
0: Yeah, very good point, actually. Very, very good point. So I think, Moises, just on this one, I agree with everything the panelists have said, okay? Everybody's given you great advice here. I think that the consequences, though, could be very far-reaching in a public sector environment, okay? If you have somebody who's managing a portfolio of projects who lacks any kind of project management skills, by reading into this, if I read into this, I also read, lacks any kind of portfolio management skills, you are in trouble. And the unintended consequences for all of this will mean that you are not going to deliver the benefits or even the services that are supposed to be delivered from the portfolio of projects. You could end up in a situation where public funding is withdrawn for the projects or the area in which you work. You could end up in a situation that we have a change of leadership in government even, and it can be that bad, right? So the consequences could be incredibly far-reaching for non-delivery or expenditure that should never have been made or projects that just fail outright. It doesn't need to a good reputation. So I would say definitely a bad idea, and the consequences are heavy. Go and get some project management skills. put some people in that have that understanding of how a project should be run before things go really too far awry. All right. Thanks everybody. Just want to say over on social, um, we've got so many people watching online at the moment and tons and tons of people on LinkedIn and YouTube. Naseer, hi. Nice to see you here from Bradford in the UK. That's really great. Um, We've got so many people, somebody, Julian, hi. Nice to see you in Johannesburg. Great to see you watching again. Awesome to have you here. So many people. Patricia again here from Mexico. Interesting topic. Thanks. We agree. It is definitely all right. We are running out of time. So let's move on if we can. Shanice, let's take our next question.
5: Thanks, Nigel. We have a question from Joanne in Yorkshire, UK. How important is allowing your team to grow and having trust in them?
0: How important is it to allow your team to grow and have trust? Well, Let's hear from Etienne. In fact, the whole panel would like to answer this. So let's start off with Etienne.
2: Okay. Um, look, a project environment is an incredible place for growth and learning. It, it's, you learn so much on every project. You learn every day in a project. And so it is important you actually allow your team to, to grow. And one of the ways we allow people to grow is by giving them responsibilities and then trusting them to get on with those. Um, I spend quite a lot of time helping organizations with both traditional type projects and more agile methodologies as well. And in both of these, I encourage a, a tool that we use in, in agile and, and Scrum, and that is your daily Scrum or your daily standup. And one of the reasons I love that as a tool, and I use it in all projects, no matter how they are run, um, is because it allows each team member to commit to something on a daily basis and then prove themselves. And so it isn't so much about the project manager assigning tasks and saying, right, I need you to do this, but the team member saying, I'm going to do this, and then actually going away, doing it, and coming back and reporting to their team. And through verbally committing to their team every day, they're holding themselves, and their team is holding them accountable, and and it allows the project manager to then let – the team get on with it and allow the project managers to step back and trust their team to do the work.
3: Yep, Etienne, absolutely agree with you. Orlando, your thoughts? Yes, yes. So I totally agree uh, here. It is uh, uh, extremely important to allow your team to grow and, and to help building trust. So uh, growing individually, and um, um, I always uh, ask when I start with the team, so what do you want to learn and, uh, and how do you want to grow in your uh, person, uh, personal and, and professional uh, life? Uh, I find it very important because then you're able to connect on a personal level with people and um, helping each other to, uh, to get the best out of, their, out of yourselves and uh, to get the best out of the team. So and if individual team members are growing themselves the total team is growing and it helps to foster uh trust engagement and a mutual understanding and a mutual understanding for the the strengths and uh and weaknesses of uh of the team members so if you really are uh, able to understand uh one's needs um that it will definitely help you to grow trust in your team. Thanks, Olinda. Kay, your thoughts?
1: I think the word trust is really important here. You know, In order for people to trust each other, you have to create a, a safe space where people can have the communication at the level that they need that communication. They can be vulnerable to some degree and admit that they don't know how to do something or that's one of their weaknesses and actually be able to kind of share that. Um we do a lot of work around, you know, building trust within teams and, and growing the teams. And sometimes uh we don't get our preferences, we sometimes get the people who are there and you and, and have the resources to be able to be part of a project team. Um so so really that 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 kind of forming, storming, kind of norming um uh, pattern that we all go through in cycles and it is cyclic um because we always do then come back to forming if somebody leaves or there's some other changes within a team or a new person comes in to a team. It is really important to understand where we're at and where and, and so on. Th- teams trust is absolutely critical. And the only way I can see that it's worked for in my experience is um through developing peer mentorship um Real good communication styles, um, really budding people up where, where people are identifying um, weaknesses in their own selves and seeing a strength in somebody else in an area. And that's how you get growth uh, within that team and how you can grow the capability and how you can really grow confidence for people to be able to make safe decisions within your team environment. You can only be vulnerable and you can only be honest with a team that you really do work with and gel with, but also how you manage the conflict when it arises. And conflict is important because conflict isn't all bad. It could mean that you're having a real kind of heated discussion and a debate and somebody just thinks a little bit differently to somebody else. And actually having the space to be able to negotiate and to be able to understand each other, respect each other's opinions, which we've talked about already today, Um, these really do help to grow the team, and grow the trust.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Kate. Totally agree. Raj, why don't you finish this off on this one before we move on to the next question?
1: Yeah. One
4: of the things that Daniel Ping talks about is what actually motivates people. And he speaks about three things. One of them is autonomy. The other is mastery. And the third is purpose. But the first one really is important. is about autonomy. And so, therefore, another word I want to introduce now, which we're not very good at, Is empowering people to make decisions. So we must all do that from a leadership level, is as part of autonomy, is allow people to make those decisions, empower them to make decisions. And going back to something that Kay sort of touched on, was about creating a concept of psychological safety. It is okay to make a mistake. Too often, we seem to work in a blame culture. So rather than blaming somebody, it's actually sitting with somebody and understanding why did they make the decision that they did? What can we learn from it? And would you have made the same decision again had the situation been exactly the same? So let's encourage people to learn from ourselves. It's about self-learning. Nobody likes to be told you got it wrong. You know, you look at cricket as being a cricket fan right now playing against the Aussies. You know, people drop a catch and people shout to them, well, do you think the player who dropped the catch deliberately wanted to drop that? They don't. So why pick on blame? So let's try and work on supporting. And if we do that, and what the rest of the panel have said, I do believe empowering people and creating a concept of psychological safety will go a long way in allowing the team to grow and trusting each other.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Raj. And Joanne, I think just to echo what everybody else has said, you will not be able to put together your perfect project team if you don't allow people to grow and you don't have a trust in your team. It's so critical, absolutely critical. All right, thanks. I can see the questions are stacking up. and We're running out of time. So, um, Shanice, please, may we have our next question?
5: Of course. Thanks, Nigel. We've got a question from Adrian Pine. Uh, What part does organisational culture play in project team building?
0: Okay. Well, wow. Adrian, nice to see you online and asking questions. Um, That is such an important question. What part does organisation culture play in this? Well, a lot. So, I think what we'll do is we'll start off with Orlando. Everybody wants to answer. So, let's mix up the order. We'll go to Orlando, then we'll go to Etienne, and then Rajan and Kay.
3: Hi, Adrian. Nice to hear from you. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's uh, organizational culture plays in a really important role because it sets the context, it sets the stage. For teams and, and people and, and, and employees to work in, and uh, that gives an an a uh, uh, shared understanding, shared uh, style of working uh, on and way of working for people um, to to be in. So um, uh, in which um, it's in which uh, sea are you swimming as a fa- fish that really um, makes a difference. So um uh, if those um culture settings are um are uh, set um it could be very um difficult to get out of such a setting and uh but I'm really um a believer that a team is able to set as well their own standards although that could be very um uh very difficult and could be a real challenge Thanks, Orlando. Appreciate it. Etienne, your thoughts?
1: Yeah,
2: look, culture is incredibly important because it affects everything. So uh, I'm a big fan of Peter Drucker, and he's famous for saying culture eats strategy for breakfast. But culture eats everything for breakfast. If your culture isn't right, you know, or your project doesn't fit in with your culture, it's not going to work. Um, but having said that, you can also... Make sure that you build the right team culture within your project team. And I think that for a project manager is, is really important. So, as much as the project and program and everything will be influenced by organizational culture, it's important that the project manager builds the right team culture within the project team. And I think that, um, and that's where you can build on uh, what Raj says earlier about psychological safety and all of that as part of the team culture. And that's something that the project manager can drive and instill. So. Um, I think we need to look at it from those two levels.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Etienne. Um, Raj, what are your thoughts on this before we hear from Kay?
4: If I was to answer this as a quick one-word answer, of course, I would say, Adrian, it's huge. Um, Because for me, every organization needs to create uh, for example, these days, we, we, you know, a lot of meetings used to take place face-to-face. Now we work in across teams. Uh, some people are in the classroom together or in a meeting room, and others are there. So for me, one of the things the organization, first of all, to shut up, <clears throat> is a process about, you know, Kay mentioned something about, uh, you know, norming. As part of every team, as part of the norming process, we need to agree for example, as again, Kay said, roles and responsibilities, how are we going to communicate with each other, etc. And if there is an organizational standard and how it is being done across the organization, then individual teams can deviate or to suit the team the need, but they must still remain aligned with an organization culture. And the leaders of the organization, in my opinion, do drive. Uh, their behavior rather drives the culture of the organization so let's try and use the organization as a helping tool to develop the teams to do better
0: makes sense thanks raj okay final thoughts on this one
1: <coughs> again you know um, i'm agreeing with the panel you know with regards to how um important culture is and actually it's ordinarily it's leadership led you know it's almost um the behaviors And um, the culture is kind of instilled through the expectations of the leaders. It's a bit like a family, isn't it? Um, I'm Indian and I live in a, you know, big, huge family and have done for years where you've got um, a hierarchy kind of thing where you look up to your grandparents and your grandparents almost set the scene of how the, the next generation and the next generation. And it's a very similar kind of thing in, in a workplace. You know, the leaders of the of the organisation will set that scene through the strategy and people will either buy into it or they don't. That's when you start to see subcultures sit in, and people doing their own thing. And the only way that projects and people can work together in that way is by understanding and have a mutual understanding of what the culture is of the organisation. Do they buy into it or don't they? Do they deviate and organise their own little subcultures, if you like, or is there a um communities, little communities building where actually there's a little bit of rebellion, there's a little bit of um, you know, th- there's a little bit of kind of not um not aligning themselves to the status quo and actually sort of there's a little bit of um difficulty around conflict and all of that. So it's really important that we understand not only the organizations upfront Cosmetic culture of what they portray, but actually the underlying the um, realities of what's going on within an organisation and the subcultures that are coming out through that. Um, and again, we can lead not only from the top, but we can lead in in many different ways. And it's about ensuring that um, you've got the right people and the and clearly, transparently being able to have those communications and dialogues, no matter how difficult they might become. But it's better to get it out and have those conversations in a safe place um, in order to kind of ensure that you're dealing with the right kind of culture.
0: Kay, I totally agree with you. And I think you're right on those subcultures. Do you know, the more I think about this in organizations where I've faced this myself, Quite often, the upper leadership who have been setting the culture are often not even aware that the culture that they've set is either toxic or fear-based or fear-led. You know, they aren't even aware Mm -hmm. of that, right? And they do not really feel or take responsibility for the culture of the organization itself. They feel that that's something that their lower management should be dealing with, right? But their lower management are only going to get the culture that they set in the first place. (laughs) So it becomes a catch-22. Uh, I now, mean, I think this is where, you know, sort of business relationship management and concepts like this come in that can really help organizations to understand the impact of setting those cultures and, or should we say the impact of not setting a culture? Yep. And you're quite right. There's a public persona culture and there's an internal culture. What's it like to work there you know, and be part of those teams? And quite often, those so if you have subcultures forming, it's usually not always a positive sign. So take that into account too all right everybody fantastic we are moving on swiftly because we're running out of time so i think this might be our last question panel if but let's be quick
5: thanks nigel so we've got a question from ismail what is the value of a diverse project team
0: okay the value of a diverse project team panel uh, let's start with orlando then go to k and then raj
3: um, yeah, uh, I, I think it's an ex- uh, actually a, a prerequisite to be a, a successful team in the end. Um, and it's about a, a diverse team, uh, cross-functional uh, with uh, multiple uh, different personalities, uh, not only helps you to enhance uh, creativity or broaden skills, but it helps you to improve uh, decision-making, it helps you to to create a wider uh, wisdom of the crowd, as I'd like to say it, and that improves your, your mu- mutual trust in the team, and it uh, will help you. So not only in the team dyma- dynamics, it will help you, um, and on the other hand, it will help you in creating, uh, uh, being able to be more successful as a team. And, um, and together, that makes a great team having great creating great achievements and having uh, a great team dynamics that is where everyone wants to be in is it yeah it's very true it's very true thanks olenda okay your thoughts
1: um i think it's really important to have um diverse project teams but not just a project teams diverse working in, in general because um i've seen organizations i've seen people um and groups where they become um, they, they have groupthink, where everybody kind of thinks and believes in the same things and they've come from the same sort of um, background and they've done all the same sorts of things and you know, quite kind of um, followed almost the same route to getting to where they've got to and so on. And that creates an echo chamber, which actually then you're only hearing your own voice over and over again. You're not getting the, the diversity of thought. You're not getting creativity. You're becoming stagnant as organisations. And there is tie. I mean, uh, where does that lead you? Does that lead you to success or does that then lead you to just being quite stagnant? So, the free flowing nature of organizations, groups, and people actually then helps to create a better environment, um, a fresher environment for people to kind of learn from one another, understand and respect difference, and really sort of work together to create new ideas, be innovative, you know, um, you're not going to get that in, in, in quite a stagnant pool. You're going to get that through the free-flowing way in which the world now works. And so, I think it's so positive that we've got so many different diverse teams. We can work, um, you know, remotely and we can work with People at a, at a touch of a button um, in all different air parts of the of the world, and and for me it, that there's nothing but good in that because it all helps us all to learn a little bit from each other, and that's what yeah. um, we should be doing. Yeah,
0: I agree with you, Kay. I agree with you. Thank you for those thoughts, Raj. Um, briefly, and Etienne, <laughs> before we finish off,
4: I think what, one of the things we talk about really in a container, which is a team, whatever sort. The greater the difference between the members of the team, the more interaction you're going to get between the team and better ideas. So, yes, absolutely. If you look at a lot, lot of uh, you know, authors, Belbin, for example, says what makes the best team is actually a team that has mix of skills and experience. And the more you can get diversity in there, the better and ideas you're going to generate.
0: Perfect. Thank you for summarizing so well, Raj. That's great. Uh, Etienne, final thoughts before we go to closing comments.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think diversity is, is critical to success. In, in, in society, in the world we're in today, multicultural, uh, multiracial, the world is a diverse place. And the problem is if we have a team made up of one group of people, they're going to think like that group of people. Um, if you've got all right-handed people designing a mug, you're going to get the logo on the side of the mug where right, right-handed people can see it. And we need to avoid that in design thinking. We need to avoid things like that in our project teams. And it's important that we have different people from different backgrounds, different race groups, different genders, different sexual orientations. It's It's got to... We've got to make sure that our teams are completely diverse so that we get this. We talk about thinking outside of the box. You don't want to be in that that little box of the same people that you went to school with. You've got to be able to think outside of that. You've got to interact with other people. Otherwise, you're going to be designing for yourself. And you are a very small market.
0: Totally agree with you there. I totally agree, Etienne. Thank you. Um, just want to give a shout out to our audience. Uh, we've had so many live questions and I'm um, apologies that we can't get to your question now. Um, we've just run out of time for today's show, but we will hold that question over and put it into our next show for you. Um just want to thank our audience we've had so many live questions so much interaction so many people watching from around the world so this is obviously a very interesting topic for everybody but I'd just like to, to walk around the panel and just get your closing comments and I'd just like to start with Etienne then we'll go to Orlando and Kay
2: yeah I think I'm going to come back to the point I made earlier about how there is no such thing as a perfect project team but that shouldn't stop us from trying and so in Lean, we talk about your North Star, and we know that it's unattainable, but it, 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 that perfect team is what should guide us and set our direction. So when we're establishing a project team, do what we can to get it as close to you as we can, knowing that we'll never get there, but give it your best shot. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Give it
3: your best shot. I like that one. Orlando, your closing remarks, please. Yes. Uh people say like uh, uh alone you can go faster, but together you can achieve more. Um and especially when you're within uh, in a uh diverse team you can uh achieve much, much more. I'm a strong believer.
0: Yeah, I think you're
3: right. In diverse team you can definitely
0: achieve a lot, lot more than you can in one that is not for sure. Kay, what are your final thoughts for today's episode? I
1: think for me um Great conversation and great questions. So, thank you for that. Um, but I think that the biggest thing for me is um, understanding difference, being able to think differently, having that psychological safety in teams and creating really great team dynamics that can innovate and be themselves. So, I think that's what's really important.
0: I think you're right. You know, I think psychological safety brings about automatically a culture of innovation, doesn't it? is people start to just feel like they can make a decision. It may, it may be incorrect, but it's, I, I almost like that, that saying where somebody said, you know, bring about a culture of failure. Yeah? Try to instill a culture of failure in your team. And I thought, you must be mad. Why would you do that? Yeah? But actually, when you think about it, it's one of the best approaches to get the best out of people. So, yeah, think about that one. <laughs> All right, Raj, your final comments for today.
4: I think just a couple, if I could. Uh, one. I mean, uh, there's a new framework where, I you know, I was saying it's new. It's been around three years. Praxis today, which is a project program management integrated framework, actually talks about team building as heart of its one of its component. So rather than purely mm-hmm. talk about project program management, we need to look at that. And the other thing that w- you know we will put a link on uh, to it is within the Praxis framework. There's something called Team Praxis, and Team Praxis talks about the DIS model, for example, and says how every individual is different what how you present information to that information is different so certainly you know have a look at google and type in praxis and then type in team praxis and have a look within stakeholders benefits so i think there's a lot of information there we just need to go and learn it first and then apply it so yes absolutely great conversation as kay said and hopefully you know we would uh take something forward from here for all of us
0: I hope so. Fantastic. And thanks for, for bringing it up. Yes, Praxis has a lot about team management in it as well and how to, how to do this and how to build a culture around your team. So definitely go and take a look at that. Um, Shanice, what are your final thoughts for today?
5: An incredible show. The energy from all the panellists was just amazing. And I think all the questions that were given from you guys in the audience was just wonderful. Really made us all think today. So thank you so much. I just want to finish with a quote, progress, not perfection. We should always focus on improving instead of being perfect. Thanks, Nigel.
0: I love that quote. (laughs) Thanks, Shanice. That's fantastic. All right, panellists, thank you so much for, again, you know, on behalf of APMG for bringing your time and your expertise to this panel. Without you, we wouldn't have a show. And thank you so much to the audience, because without you, we wouldn't have a show either. And the wonderful questions you put forward have been what makes today's show. So thank you very, very much. All right. So everybody over on our website, you can search for the answers for more than 2000 questions now. It's a wonderful, comprehensive free resource connects you with over 200 experts from around the world. So don't forget, you can also listen to the audio versions of the shows on your preferred podcast platform. Please take a moment to like, comment, share, and subscribe. It really doesn't cost you anything, but it really helps new folks discover our content. Right, so what's happening this coming week? So looking forward, Monday the 17th at 8am, we're going to be looking at the question, is being agile the same as knowing Scrum? Uh, I kind of think I know where the answer to that one's going to head. But anyway, it should be a very interesting and lively discussion. On Friday, the 21st at 2 p.m., we discuss using AI and automation in business. It's such a hot topic these days that you do not want to miss that show. And on Monday, the 24th, a little bit further out, we discuss why certification matters when building your career. All of the details of those events are on apmginternational.com. So head over there and take a look. Subscribe to the show, and we'll send you a personal summary of what's coming up next and how you can join us here on the panel and level up your career with APMG. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you on the next show.